Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the West Coast Swing. I personally did, as all three races in the Cup Series, to me, was really, really good. And even in the lower series, the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series had some good races. Uh, Truck Series only ran at Las Vegas, but man, they did not disappoint. And Xfinity Series always seems to be really fun to watch. Well, we'll cover this one at Phoenix. Maybe this one's the only exception. But all in all, it was really, really good. And it's just proving to everyone here in the NASCAR racing world that Gen seven cars or better known as the next gen car was definitely the move in the right direction because most people are saying that this was probably the weakest race out of the year but even so it was considered an above average race and when usually the worst race is above average for the season so far that's pretty good signs but we're gonna dive into all of that we're gonna talk about some of the biggest takeaways we saw in this weekend as well as the drivers who impressed us the most which drivers let us down believe me there were quite a few drivers that let us down and some drivers who absolutely shocked us in both races but before we cover on these two races I'm talking about the expandy races and the cup races let's focus on a race in a series that's below the truck series I'm talking about the Arca series how about a shout out really quick to David Gillen Racing and the number 17 team of Taylor Gray driving that machine. Thank goodness those guys got the win out of anybody. This was the team I wanted to see win this ARCA race. As you guys may know, a tragic incident involving the haul truck driver for David Gillen Racing in the number 17 machine unfortunately lost his life. I'm talking about Steven Stotts. He was killed near Longview, Texas after a horrific accident with his hauler. Basically, the hauler caught on fire, flipped on its side. It's a really graphic image, and it's really, really sad that this happened. However, the number 17 team, as well as Taylor Gray, still moved on forward to race in the race at Phoenix Raceway, and they were able to get the victory, and they dedicated the win to Mr. Stotts. Definitely a feel-good story here in the Arca Series. Definitely what that team needed, and I bet it was a very emotional time at the racetrack for those guys, so for them to get the victory awesome. So great to hear and I want to do a quick shout out for that team because man it takes a lot for a team to bounce back after something as horrendous as that. Uh, When you think of that you go to the Cup Series and you think of the incident that happened to Henrik Motorsports when in 2004 they had that tragic plane accident that took the lives of many people in the organization and they were able to get a victory the very next race. Or you think of the time with Dale Earnhardt when he tragically lost his life and then the next time they came back at Daytona in the Cup Series, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was able to get the victory. It's kind of almost at the same level as that. So had to do a quick shout out for that. I mean, it's very, very cool that they were able to get the win and definitely everyone was rooting for that team that day. But now let's move on to the Xfinity Series. Let's talk about the United Rentals 200. It's time to dive into the fourth race here in the Xfinity Series for 2022. (music) 
Alrighty, so let's look at a few statistics before we dive into the final results. We had a total of 42 cars try to enter it into the race since only 38 made it in. Four drivers missed it. This includes the number 34 of Jesse Little, the number 33 of Loris Heesmans, the number 13 of Stan Mulis, and then the number 47 of Brandon Poole. I may have butchered those two names for the number 33 and number 13. I do apologize if I did say those wrong, but very, very unfortunate once again for the number 33 and 13 team. I believe they've missed all four races at this point, so they gotta make it into a race here soon because a team can't keep missing races like this back to back to back. So let's hope those guys can get a little bit better results at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We had four cautions for 33 laps. Not a whole lot of cautions in this race. In fact, there was only two cautions that were related to incidents. The other two were due to stage conclusions. But we still had 16 lead changes among six different drivers, so it was still a little competitive up at the front. But everyone knew who the most dominant driver was, and after an impressive start to the 2022 season. He finally gets the victory. I am talking about the number nine of Noah Gregson for JR Motorsports, leading 114 laps out of 200. He is your winner for the fourth race of the 2022 season here in the Xfinity Series. Finishing second, we have the number 19 of Brandon Jones. Finishing third was the number eight of Josh Berry. Finishing fourth, we have the number 18 of Trevor Bain. Finishing fifth was the number 26 of John Hunter Nemechek. Finishing sixth, we have the number 54 of Ty Gibbs. Finishing seventh is the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. Finishing 8th, we have the number 11 of Daniel Hemrick. Finishing 9th is the number 10 of Landon Castle. And rounding out the top 10, we have the number 7 of Justin Allgaier. Some noticeable drivers to finish outside the top 10 that we should mention. The number 1 of Sam Mayer unfortunately ran to some problems near the end of the race. Finishes 2 laps down in that number 1 machine. He finishes 22nd overall. Then we had Austin Hill in the number 21. Didn't really have the fastest car in this race, but he was still able to muster a 17th place finish here in this race. Going down to near the back of the pack. We have Josh Williams out on lap number 178 due to ignition. He is credited with a 35th position. The number 38 machine, Parker Retzloff. Uh, he had an impressive qualifying run, but unfortunately, the race was just not that great for him. He finishes 36 overall. Out on lap number 58 to fuel pump issues. Then we have the number 23 of Anthony Alfredo. Had some early problems. as able to get the car back out, but he's credited with the 37th position. And round at the field in an accident on lap number 20, we have the number 98 of Riley Herbst. Wrecks it in turns 3 and 4. Out finishing 38th overall in the United Rentals 200. And that's your final results here for the Xfinity Series race at Phoenix Raceway. So if we're going to be honest, this race was really not the most exciting one. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to feel really bad if someone was just like, you know, Vanilla Wafers has been talking about the X-Fandy Series races um, so much lately. I'm going to decide to watch my first race here at this Phoenix race. And then they got this event where there wasn't really that much excitement. There was only 10 cars that finished on the lead lap. Everyone else finished one plus laps down. And there was only 11 cars that got stage points in this race. And out of those 11 cars, 10 of them finished in the top 10. So you could clearly tell that this race was going to be dominated by top tier teams because if you look at the teams here in the top 10, you got JR Motorsports taking up the first and third positions as well as the 10th position. You have Colic Racing in 7th, 8th, and 9th. You have Joe Gibbs Racing in the second position, fourth position, and sixth position. The only one that's not really a top tier equipment team is the number 26 of John Hunter Nemechek who had a really, really impressive run here in this race. He was mostly set to be a top five car. He did lead 11 laps, but in a way he 
is still an affiliated Joe Gibbs racing team. What gives him the slight advantage of finishing here in the top five is, like I said, being an affiliated team, you usually don't get the top tier equipment. So for him to be able to get a top five in this race was very impressive. Other than that, there was clearly a clear separation which teams were the top teams and which teams were slightly behind them because the B-ranked teams, I would say, would be RSS Racing, maybe R Motorsports, Brandon Built Motorsports, and then you can probably include Jeremy Clements Racing, all those guys. All those guys finished between 11th and 20th. And honestly, the only guys who really surprised me in this race that didn't run better were the RCR team. But again, they ran into some problems midway through the race. Not severe damage, but they did get into some tangles with the wall. I mean, Sheldon Creed was starting to upset a few drivers here and there. But they still finished around the top 17, so that's not horrible, but they were a little bit off compared to everyone else. I'd say the drivers who let us down the most was Sam Mayer, even though he had a fairly decent run. He just ran into some problems, and unfortunately, it took him two laps down. And then Riley Herbst, uh, that number 98 machine, Riley Herbst, he's definitely putting a lot of pressure on himself because we know that Eric Onrola is leaving after the 2022 season, and the question is, who's going to take that ride? As it looks right now, it is going to be between him and Ryan Priest. And honestly, with some of these finishes that he's been having, Ryan Priest is looking more than likely the candidate for that number 10 machine. And unfortunately, in this race, he did get loose. I, I think that's what happened. He got loose and then shot up against the wall, and he kind of got the wind knocked out of him. He's okay. Uh, thank goodness for that. But man, just a bummer for this number 98 team. Ever since Riley Herbst made the jump on over to Stuart Haas Racing, he just hasn't had the luck. Now, we could make the argument that Stuart Haas Racing hasn't been uh, top tier like they have been in the past, but now we can't really say that when we talk about the Cup Series race. It seems like they're slowly but surely coming back. And unfortunately, Riley. Riley Herbst is still running under a lot of pressure trying to make it up and unfortunately he's starting to look like he's cracking more than he's performing so hopefully in the next few races he can get some better results but man finishes like this where he's wrecking out early in the race that is not going to impress anyone and that's not going to put you in a cup series ride. As far as the racing went, like I said, it wasn't the most exciting race, but still there was a few drivers who had a chance opportunity to win this race. Noah Gregson was definitely the strongest driver, but at some points you had shiny moments from Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones needed a really good finish, and he finally got it here in this race. Finished second and then finished third in both the stages. Was running up front for the most part of the race, so definitely a good performance by them. Trevor Bain in the number 18, even though he says he wants to get victories in this car, which I totally agree. When you're in the number 18 car, you are expected to win. So putting a lot of pressure on himself. He's been running really good. He still needs to get a victory or two if he really wants to impress some people. And then he had Justin Allgaier move his way up to the front and try to lead a few laps. Actually, he did. He led about five laps, but then he fell off there near the end. So there was a few drivers who had a lot of opportunities to lead the race, but you could clearly tell that the best man was Noah Gregston. So there's not really too much to say about this race, except it kind of proved which teams are the top tier teams and which teams are going to be mostly duking it out for those final spots in the playoffs. Because when you think of Phoenix, you're thinking of the best of the best competing because it's the championship four race. And definitely the cream rise to the top in this race because you see JR Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing, and Colic Racing all there securing 1 through 10th. Maybe the last thing I can cover on before we move on into the Cup Series was the coverage crew with Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, and Adam Alexander. I like that team. Uh, Joey Logano and Adam Alexander up there, they're a pretty good duo. 
And then Daniel Suarez bringing in that little bit of Espanol into the booth. That was a lot of fun, and you could tell that they were having a great old time. So I personally enjoyed that. So at least that's one positive you can look at it. At least you were entertained by the broadcasters. That's one way to look at it. But overall, this race was truly dominated by the best of the best. And the drivers who really impressed us the most, I'd say, was Noah Gregston and John Hunter Nemechek. And the drivers who really let us down was Sam Mayer and Riley Herbst. But now it's time to move on to the big one, the Sunday race. It's time to look at the Ruoff Mortgage 500K. Alrighty, so let's look at a few statistics here before we dive in. We only had 36 cars enter this race. Kind of a bit of a shocker once again. I thought maybe we would see the number 44 team uh, try to run this race, but apparently they didn't. They only had the charter cars enter it in for Phoenix. So again, another charter only race. You're kind of going to expect that when you get some new cars out on the racetrack. So it is what it is. We had eight cautions for 52 laps, a little bit less than we've been usually seen, but 14 lead changes among six different drivers. There's a lot of drivers who had an opportunity to win in this race some drivers came and went but the driver who was able to show up in the end was a driver who just got his first ever victory here in the cup series had a really rough rookie season but man he has turned it up here in the first few races let's talk about chase briscoe getting his first win ever here in the cup series he is your winner here at phoenix raceway finishing second we have the number one of ross chastain finishing third was the number eight of tyler reddick finishing fourth is the number 12 of ryan blaney finishing fifth is the number four 45 of Kurt Busch. Finishing 6th, we have the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. In the 7th position, we have the number 18 of Kyle Busch. 8th place, the number 22 of Joey Logano. Ninth place, the number 99 of Daniel Suarez. And round out the top 10, we have the number 17 of Chris Busher. Finishing 11th, we have the number 9 of Chase Elliott. In the 12th spot is the number 10 of Eric Amarola. 13th, number 11 of Denny Hamlin. 14th, the number 48 of Alex Bowman. In the 15th position, we have the number 42 of Ty Dillon. 16th, with the number 41 of Cole Custer. In the 17th spot, we have the number 31 of Justin Haley. Finishing 18th is the number 24 of William Byron. And finishing 19th, the top finishing rookie, the number 38 of Todd Gillen. And round out the top 20, we have the number 16 of A.J. Allmendinger. Some noticeable drivers we should mention that finished outside the top 20. We have the number 3 of Austin Dillon. Coming into turns 3 and 4, he got into an accident, wasn't able to finish the race. Then he had Brad Keselowski finish 23rd, not a good run for him. Finishing 24th, we have the Daytona 500 winner, the number 2 of Austin Sendrick, finishing one lap down. And then going down the roster all the way to the bottom, we have the number 5 of Kyle Larson out on lap number 239 due to engine issues. He is credited with the 34th position. In the 35th spot, we have the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. out on lap 219 due to an accident. And then round at the field, we got the number 7 of Corey LaJoy out due to an accident on lap number 45. And that's your final results here for the Ruoff Mortgage 500. Now let's talk about the top three here. This is absolutely crazy. In the top three, these guys accumulate for one win in the Cup Series, and it just came here this weekend. This is proof to show that the next-gen car is giving a lot of these mid-tier teams an opportunity to run with the top dogs, and Chase Briscoe, a driver who was running around in the 8th and 7th position in the 1st and 2nd stage, well, actually, he finished 2nd in Stage 1, but still, he was mostly a top 10 car at best, was able to get a victory there at the end, and was able to shine when it mattered the most absolutely phenomenal. That's the greatest thing about these next-gen cards. You cannot determine who's going to win the race by the halfway point like you did with the Gen 6 cards. You've got to keep watching the race to see who's going to wind up up top. And for us to see Stuart Haas Racing, a team who struggled in 2021, 
Uh, Trackhouse Racing, who was a brand new team last year, and RCR, where their last victory, I do believe, was 2020. These guys all have opportunities to get at least one win this year. You could see Tyler Reddick get his first win, Ross Chastain get his first win, maybe even Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez has had some really good runs here. Yes, Las Vegas was kind of a bust because he got caught up in that incident, but he was running near the front, and he's able to get a top 10 here near the end. That is really cool to say. So there might even be a chance we might see more than 16 winners here in the first 26 races. Obviously, that's being a little too optimistic. I mean, you got some road courses coming, and we all know which drivers usually shine bright at those ones. You got a few super speedway races, and you saw the drivers who were dominating those ones. It was It's probably going to be more than likely the same there. So... There's definitely a lot of chances for people to be repeat winners, but the fact that we have this many drivers running around the top 10 is very cool to see. Let me show you something else here. These are the drivers who finished um, in the top 10 in stage one. They finished first, third, sixth, eighth, 11th, 14th, 18th, 21st, 26th, and 34th. Just because you finished in the top 10 in stage 1 does not mean you're going to finish near the top at the end. Stage 2, it looked a little bit better as they got 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, but then it goes 6th, 8th, 10th, 18th, and then 21st. Oh, and 34th. I keep forgetting about Kyle Larson. But I think this is a huge takeaway to consider here with this next-gen car. Just because you're doing good in Stage 1 does not mean you're going to be there near the end to get the victory. Because here's a perfect example. William Byron, probably a shocker in the first half, and then finished around where we usually see him here at Phoenix. An 18th place finish after finishing 1st and 4th in the stages, leading 12 laps. He's only able to muster an 18th place finish. And I don't think he got any severe damage or anything like that. He just slowly started to move his way back and just was never able to recover. So, bit of a shocker there for the number 24 team. Uh, I thought they were going to be the biggest shocker in a good way, but it turns out it was the opposite way. And honestly, you can fit all of Rick Henrik here as kind of the bust of this week. Now, Chase Elliott was the best one. He still scored 43 points in fantasy, led 50 laps. It just got caught up in his own incident there near the end of the race. And he was still able to recover for 11th place finish but uh, definitely a bummer for them because they were going to get a solid top 10 finish if not a top 5 finish before he spun out but other than that you see Alex Bowman finishing 14th William Byron finishing 18th and then Kyle Larson finishing 34th and he had a really good car as well but unfortunately ran into that engine issue but I don't think they're the team that was the biggest bust this weekend it was hands down Joe Gibbs racing even though Joe Gibbs racing finished a few positions better in some spots than some of the Henrik drivers, they were never a factor in this race. Would you believe me if I said the only driver from Joe Gibbs racing to score stage points was the number 20 of Christopher Bell? Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Martin Trex Jr. never scored any stage points in this race. They were never contenders. So that is a big eye-opener if you're a Toyota fan. You're really nervous to see that because the Toyotas are clearly showing that they are running a little bit behind here compared to the Fords and Chevys. And in some cases, maybe it's not just a little bit. They did have that good run at Las Vegas, and then they had a decent run in the Daytona 500. But I don't remember them being a factor at California. And now I don't see them being a factor here. So there's some races they really got to figure it out here. I'm very nervous for them when it comes to short tracks. 
as well as anything besides a mile and a half. We'll see how they do next week. I mean, it's a little mix of both. It's a mile and a half as well as a restrictor plate race because they're running the super speedway package. So maybe they'll uh, bounce back from this incident, but man, not a good run for them. The fact that Kurt Busch got top five is an absolute shocker. So those guys were definitely bust. Definitely the biggest uh, wins here were Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, and Tyler Reddick. Uh, Ross Chastain and Tyler Reddick, um, I said to take a chance on those guys, and those guys definitely did not let us down. I thought Ross Chastain was only going to run around the top 10. For him to finish second again and have another top three, the, the, the track house racing is going to get a win this year. I'd be very shocked if they do not get a win, especially that they're performing this well early in the season. And then you got Tyler Reddick, who's been a force to be reckoned with at a couple racetracks more specifically California in here. If he does not get a win here in the summer stretch or the spring stretch, then expect him in victory lane at Homestead. I'll be very surprised if he's not able to win that race. By how well he's performing here in the early parts of the 2022 season, man, good job for RCR, Trackhouse Racing, and great job for Stuart Haas Racing to be able to make some improvements and have their team finish first and sixth in this race. And I think one more shout out we should give out to is definitely Ryan Blaney. Yeah, it's been a rough start for him, but he's had competitive cars in every single race so far. So hopefully that team does not drop off here after these first few races because sometimes Ryan Blaney is known as the driver who does really good at the beginning, falls off a little bit, and then comes back near the end. If he could keep providing these same types of race cars week in and week out, hell, Ryan Blaney might be the best driver right now. I mean, that's not a far-fetched statement. He's been running up front in all the races. It's just a matter of him finishing. That's about it. If he's able to finish those races where he was usually running, there'd be no chance in hell that he would not be first in points. Joey Logano, his teammate, is first in points. But if you consider where Ryan Blaney was before those incidents... Hell, he could be running on four top fives in a row. That's how good he's been running so far. We'll see what he can do at Atlanta, but definitely as long as he stays out of trouble right now, we're going to see Ryan Blaney run near the top. So the biggest takeaways I got to say in this race was... Even though it was a little lackluster compared to the other races, it still provided good racing. Just because you're leading in the first half does not mean you'll be there in the second half. And right now, the next-gen car is showing that it is an equalizer for not only the top teams, but mid-teams as well. The biggest winners were definitely the drivers who have not seen victory lane before this weekend. I'm talking about Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, and Tyler Reddick. Hands down, they're the winners this week. The biggest bust, I would have to say Henrik Motorsports for their finishes near the end. And Joe Gibbs Racing for not being able to score any stage points except for Christopher Bell with a 6th place finish in stage number 1. Overall, I give this race a solid B-. It was above average, but you know what? When it's the worst race of the season and it's still a B-, that's still really good for the NASCAR fans. And that will conclude the final segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. A bit of an interesting weekend for sure. I mean, it kind of gave us an idea on who's going to be some of the top drivers looking into the championship four race. If things stay about the same, more than likely that's not going to be the case because with the brand new car, everyone's still trying to figure it out. But at least we can feel a little bit comfortable knowing that the racing will at least be decent here in the final race of the season. In our Fantasy Live group, NASCAR Field Fillers League, we had four people finish above the 200 mark. Tying for first was yours truly, Vanilla Wafers, 
finally had a really good weekend, put it all together. I was able to tie for first, not quite first, but still up there. And then Max Thunder 54, both of us had 217 points. Congratulations to Max Thunder on an impressive weekend for him. And not too far behind us with 209 points, finishing third overall on this weekend, we have Turn Sheen. He's been having some good results here lately here in the Fantasy League. Right there in the sixth position overall, good job for you, good sir. You get the bronze medal here for this weekend. And here's your top three overall here for our Fantasy League. We got Thundergun 3 leading it off, followed by Vanilla Wafers, yours truly in second, and then Max Thunder 54 in the third position. If you still want to compete against us and try to get a top three, you still can. Fantasygames.nascar.com and our league is called NASCAR Field Fillers. If you want to join our group, you still can. You might not be able to get the victory for that diecast car, but you can still get a few shoutouts here and there and show how much of a stud you can be in fantasy. You can also watch some daily videos from me on TikTok. I'm at VanillaWafers44 where I post daily videos. I had one get taken down earlier this week, but I got to put back up. It was a really funny one, so thank goodness that TikTok hasn't taken it down again. They're all NASCAR related. They're all in good fun, so make sure to check me out there. That's again at VanillaWafers44. If you want to talk to me more about NASCAR, you can do so at Twitter at TylerV33. You can also look me up as VanillaWafers or Field Filler Podcast. Podcast, I pop up either way. Or if you want to see some longer videos, you can look up at YouTube. We are so close to 1,000 there. I think we're at 954 now. You can go check me out there at Vanilla Wafers. Lastly, next weekend, we will be at Atlanta Motor Speedway for probably one of the most unique races we have seen in a very, very long time. Well, I wouldn't say a very long time. There was a Bristol Dirt race last year. But this is still going to be a very unique race because we are going to basically have a super speedway on a mile and a half. That is absolutely crazy to think about. Atlanta has done a lot of modifications since their last race. They did, of course, a repay, but they also add some more degrees to the turn, so cars can actually go full speed around the circuit. So they're basically going to treat it like a super speedway race with the packages, and they might even have the double yellow line rule. I'm not excited about that, but I am excited to see what this race can provide for the fans. It's definitely going to be one to watch because... Like I said, I don't think we've seen a race ever like this before. So make sure to tune into that. That will be this Sunday. We will try our best to figure out what will be the top fantasy picks for this race. Obviously, we're going to be taking shots in the dark because who knows with such a unique race. But above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been... The Field Filler Podcast.